Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Hello and welcome to The Rest is Football with Alan Shearer, Micah Richards and myself, Gary Lineker. It's been a busy week of football. Alan, we were doing Match of the Day uh, last night, some cracking games. Micah, what were you up to? I was just relaxing last night. I was watching the games. I watched Match of the Day as well. I fell asleep after the fourth game though. You, uh, what? I was, yeah, I was knackered. I, yeah, I was... right. You're right. He has that ability to send people to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you said it, not me. You said it. Not- <laughs> I'm joking, right? He calmed down. I can hear him getting angry already. <laughs> he won't be up yet. Don't worry about it. Um, we're doing this on a Thursday morning, so um, we won't be covering the Thursday night games, obviously. But for some over Tuesday and Wednesday, um, some belting football. Let's start with um, Liverpool Chelsea. Obviously, Klopp's first league game since he announced that um, he was going to leave at the end of the season and he's certainly got them going at the moment hasn't he they were brilliant they were absolutely magnificent far too good in every position for what I thought was a woeful Chelsea performance I mean I know it keeps being said but (laughs) the money they have spent on some players how bad they are at times they've got so many nearlies and hopefuls that Yeah, I mean, they were were awful last night and Liverpool absolutely battered them. Far too good for them. Liverpool, really impressive. I don't live that far from Chelsea. I've got a lot of Chelsea fans that live around me. I've got a lot of Chelsea fans that are friends as well and um, they're distraught at the moment. They they feel like there's no hope. I suppose as well they were spoiled, weren't they, in that uh, Abramovich era uh, in many ways. But at the minute they... Given the fact that they spent so much money, they're, they're miles off it, aren't they, Micah? They are, but did we expect Chelsea to go to Anfield and get a result? Probably not. I think it's disappointing, like you said, with the money that they've spent. But I, I do believe once they get everyone back and, you know, when 
Poch can really put his stamp on things and they get a striker they can perform better than what we <laughs> hang on a minute when, <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell when they get everyone back when they get a strike who else have they got to come back and, and Cuckoo has come back from injury and it's been it's been difficult obviously Chilwell's not up to speed is he you've got one of the best right backs in the league in Reese James injured as well you've got Colwell who's out Cucurella who's out Lavia who's out for Fana who was unbelievable at Leicester and and yes they've not been good enough but I'd like to see him with a fully fit squad who the manager wants who can sort of work off that basis they'll win the title next season then <laughs> <laughs> no but can we talk about if we talk about this game we've got to talk about the decisions and the refereeing some of those decisions hmm. last night were appalling I sort of understood what Alan was saying last night on um, Match of the Day with the Van Dijk one that could be 50-50. I thought it was a penalty. I thought it was a penalty, but probably not a clear and obvious error, in that, which that's what they'll argue. Of course. But, but but the other ones, it was just... The block. The block for uh, Connor Bradley's goal. We'll come on to Connor Bradley shortly, by the way. But the block that led to that. And you're obviously mainly talking about the other Virgil van Dijk one in the second half, where he just plainly kicked him in the back of the foot. That was a clip. I mean, I cannot understand how they are. And the one that Liverpool got... Yeah. was far less than that one that should have been. Um, I mean, we kept saying, didn't we, that well, it has to be pretty special to get a penalty at Anfield. <laughs> well, you were saying it, Alan. You can have the wrath oh, of the Liverpool fans on the on fence. You. But do you think that matters, though? Seriously, do you think the referees... I think we need to get your mate Howard back on, on, on the pod because he says all these wonderful things, really respectful... But when we see it playing out week in, week out, it is not good enough. So do you think they go to Anfield and think, I'm under massive pressure here? No, I don't think they think like that. I think I think there's always been at probably the big grounds and I've, over the years, if there's a massive crowd and a massive thing, I think it's, there might be with some, and I think um, not all of them, and I don't think there's anything deliberate here. I think it's really important to say that there might be some kind of subconscious thing. But I think it's purely that. You know, you always hear that, you know, oh, it's corrupt and all this. I, I honestly don't believe that for a minute. I think sometimes we're, we're quite hard on, on the referees. I actually think the referees on the field, by and large, do a really good job and under difficult circumstances. Um, I think what's exacerbated the problems of, of decision-making is VAR because you now think, well, what, what's, the, what's the excuse? But they've put themselves in this corner as in terms of where the bar is. It's a high bar, it's a lower bar, then it's a higher bar again. And so it's never, never going to be consistent because judging what is clear and obvious is always going to be the problem. I, I think two, two of the three decisions that I think Mike is on about last night uh, perhaps would say, okay, I get it. Not necessarily agree with it, but I get it. But the second Van Dyke tackle on, I think it was on Nkunku, wasn't it? Yeah. As soon as they showed the first replay, Alan, didn't we? We just went, oh, it's a penalty. penalty Definitely yeah. a penalty. It's 3-2. They're back in the game. They might even get something out of it. He's nowhere near the ball, Van Dyke, And clearly he's kicked him. You can tell by his reaction straight away that mm. he's kicked him. And the evidence on the replay suggested he kicked him. So... 
yeah, that that should have been turned over. And that, I mean, they didn't deserve anything out of the game, but that at that particular time, I think that that had the potential to go to three two. Did it? Something was it? Yeah, it would have been three um, two. Yeah, yeah. So um, Chelsea didn't really deserve anything but out of the game, but that would have made it a, an interesting last ten minutes or so. I just think, sorry, before you move us on, guys, is I, I think that the referees now need to all meet together and relay to us what is a foul and what isn't a foul. It's It shouldn't be a matter of opinion because some games... How can it not be though, Micah? But because they should be all ruled by the same standard in terms of what isn't a foul and what not. It shouldn't go to VAR and we said, okay, well, it wasn't clear and obvious, so we understand that. It's whether a foul or... Or not? Yeah, that's my point about what VAR does. Mm-hmm. That's I, I don't I don't think there is an answer in terms of of getting that consistency. I don't think you ever get it. That's why I would only, as I said before, only uh, use VAR sparingly. Therefore, it being like an appeal system, like you get in cricket, like you get in tennis, whether you perhaps get one and a half. And if it, the challenge that you make is sustained, you keep it. And if you, if it's failed, you lose it. So therefore, and it's picked by either the manager or the captain, whether they actually appeal or not. And then they just go, right, it's the decision we decide on, not whether it's clear and obvious. It's exactly. whether It's whether they've made a mistake or not. And I, I honestly think that's the only way out of this, this mire. And I genuinely, genuinely feel sorry uh, for not just the referees, but also the VAR as well, because the, the spotlight is on them so much now. And, and defining what is a mistake, a massive mistake, um, and what isn't is, it, I mean, it's, we we think it's easy and, and we know, but, you know, that thing about, you know, we're setting a high bar, so therefore it's got to be absolute howler. But, and then everyone screams because there's not a decision being given and then they lower the bar I feel for them. They can't win. I think they've put, been put in an incredibly difficult um, position. And and we. I don't think we'll ever stop moaning about it until um, it's changed and it's just left for goal line technology. Um, offsides, I think by and large, that, that is a good thing. And I think it'll be even better when they get automated. And just the occasional thing when there's an appeal system. I... I can't see any way out of it. And also, don't forget, we'll end up with with the court case that we talked about the other yeah. week in Belgium. Uh, yeah. I mean, who knows if Chelsea go, oh, well, we're going to take him to court because Virgil van Dijk kicked him in the back of the foot and they didn't give it. What's going on? Mm. And then what? Yeah. Anyway, we, we, we don't want to sit here and just harangue referees. I, I do feel for them. Players about, don't make it easy for them either, though. No. No, of course they don't. And and I think one good thing is that they are stamping down on players absolutely going mad and ballistic at referees because that always needed dealing with. It's now a yellow card immediately. I think that's a good thing because it's it's ugly. I don't like that. I never have liked that. Um, I didn't do it myself on the pitch. I don't think a referee's ever changed his decision in my lifetime just because of the reaction of, of players on the pitch. But, you know, it's big business. It's it's important and it's players get emotional and they do genuinely care um, and, and, and managers as well, we, we, we also see it. But um, enough of referees. Let's talk about Connor Bradley. My goodness me. Wow. What, a, what an exciting young talent. 20 years old, Northern Ireland international already. Cracking goal. Two brilliant assists. The cross for Saboj Live. He looks like one for the future. We were there, guys, weren't we? When he made his debut, when he came on for the last, I don't know, 15 or 20 minutes at, um, at Arsenal. 
And you thought then, mm, I mean, the way the game was going and, and sort of the, the belief that Klopp had to put to, to put him on. But not, not only that, I mean, he was brilliant in that game. But last night, oh my God, he looked absolutely mm. sensational, didn't he? I mean, defensively, attacking-wise, he took his goal incredibly well, despite nearly slipping over. The cross, as you said, wow, what a, what a man-of-the-match performance that was. Yeah, he's, he looks quick. He looks aggressive defensively. He looks like he could, he's, he's got two really, really good feet passing the ball forward. Uh, yeah, a bit of everything in his game, Micah. Reminded of me a lot of when a, a young Micah Richards burst onto the scene. <laughs> Do me a favour, will you? <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you, you know what I enjoyed the most about his game? Well, not, they say the modern day fullback is the technique on his goal, because we've seen so many players who come on early doors and, you know, they're giving 100% and, you know, they're, they're flying into tackles, the crowd are behind them, they might put in a, a good cross, but it was the technique of, of the goal which I was most impressed by, that he's got that technique and to steady himself and sort of like, it wasn't like a whipping one, but it was like, it was composed in the moment and got the technique perfectly correct. And then some of the um, the, the runs that you guys were showing last night on Match of the Day in terms of his, his passing and his right foot and his left foot, to be that composed as a youngster, that is incredible to see and they've got another one they've got another one they've got, got some, another Trent they've got another Trent <laughs> play Trent in midfield now can't well, they that, that, I was right thinking back. that gives him the excuse to, to move him in I'd love to I'd love to see that happen particularly if it was for the rest of the season so you know just to see because I've always wondered I've always I, I know he's he's kind of played that kind of semi midfield role uh, recently and he has played in there a few times um but I I'd, I'd like I'd like to see that and it could be a real plus for Liverpool and England cuz you know with with Bradley playing there and, and Trent's passing ability is second to none. Well, we've spoke so much and I you know, I work with Jamie Carragher and he watches all the Liverpool games and he said for for years now, Liverpool need to to buy a right back to sort of take the the workload off of Trent. But now they've got Connor Bradley who's come through. It's just amazing. You know, he he's worth 20, 20, 30 million already just by his performances. Do you so. ever worry with a young player like that come through that we as former players, we big them up a little bit and then we, the expectations or it's quite clear to us, isn't it, sometimes that someone's ability is so glaringly obvious. Um, but we have to say as well, with football, as we always know, things can, yeah. you know, things can change. But I think given a fair run um, and mm. I, he looks like the, kind of lad that's got a fantastic attitude I think we're going to see great things from him one player who fascinates me uh, at Liverpool is, is Darwin Nunez as a <laughs> former striker I mean yes he's missing a lot of chances this season but he gets in positions to miss those chances as as much as anyone in the league and I've just got a sense that it will come right for him you know he hit the, hit the, the woodwork four times yesterday also mentioned last night what, what why do we we still call it woodwork, don't we? Do you know that that, that it changed? Actually, I was playing when it changed. Is that really? I think it was it was around 1980 um, that, that that changed from wood to steel. Um, 
and we we still call it the woodwork don't we um, <laughs> the steelwork it's not got the same <laughs> rig as it that's what i mean should we call it the steelwork sounds like you're going down a you know going to do some work in a steel factory or something doesn't it whereas um, woodwork actually well woodwork sounds like carpentry a friend of mine said god is nunez the unluckiest striker in history and i went well he could aim a little bit left or a little bit right or a little bit lucky about hitting the woodwork because that's what we're going to call it yeah come on guys stop it that's what the fucking nets are there for micah (laughs) you hit the nets not the woodwork okay before we move on (laughs) is hitting the post or the bar the target or no 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 No, i've always said people say that well how can it be if you hit the target and the goalkeeper doesn't save it it goes in (laughs) if you hit the inside of the post and it goes in yes but if you hit the post and it comes out how can it be hitting the target that's like saying if you throw in darts in a bullseye and we'll come to darts shortly of course um Mm. if you throw the dart and it hits the wire of the bullseye and bounces down onto the floor. Is that a bullseye? <laughs> yeah, but okay, okay. So when you hit a, a, a shot and it yeah. goes off the if bar you, and if goes you in, rattle a ro- long red with a with your cue in, a, in snooker and it rattles in the jaws and doesn't go in, <laughs> it's not a pot. Yes, of course. Yeah, obviously you don't get the desired fact. You don't get the goal, but yeah. it's still. The target, isn't it? So you can hit the bar no, no, and the no, post. No, 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 Micah. Who if, the if, fuck's if, aiming for the post yeah, or the bar? Yeah. Okay, aiming so, to hit the target. The so, post so why do we do crossbar challenge? Crossbar well, challenge. Well, that's different because the target is the crossbar. <laughs> <laughs> I was asking for the younger listeners. No, you're not. You're asking for yourself because you're confused. <laughs> you're confused of Harrogate. <laughs> do you know what else is really annoying when I hear someone say they did everything right apart from put it in the back of the net? Well, that's the most important thing. <laughs> yeah, that, Hold that. on, I've heard, I've heard you say that in the commentary Never before. say that, you did no. everything right. Never, how can you do everything right? Apart from. Miss. Uh, <laughs> apart from the bit that really counts. Exactly. Uh, yeah. But I think I think there is something in Nunez, despite that. I, 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 love, I agree. And, and Alan and myself discussed it, and, and Ian, briefly last night, the fact that as strikers, and we've all been there, there are times you in, and spells in your game where everything you you do miss, but the key is to not shy away from getting in there again. And he did that, even with the penalty kick. Even though he missed it, he was prepared to stand up because he knows it's a chance to score. And therefore, it will turn. It will turn. I, I mean, he may or may not be the greatest natural finisher that we've ever seen, but his movement is exceptional. He's incredibly quick. He gets in there and he gets a lot of chances. And uh, and goal scorers will tell you, if you get a lot of chances eventually, um, if you're any good, you will score a lot of goals. Agreed. Perseverance yeah. is the is the key, and I, I I like that about him. He never shies away. I mean, last night's a great example. Uh, four times hitting the uh, woodwork post, plastic, whatever you want to call it, he hit it. So it, it, he he wants to get in there. Ubiquitous. That's Ooh, the word. Micah. What did you just say, Micah? Yeah. <laughs> where did, did you? He, and where did you get that word from? Who's who's who told you that this morning or last evening? <laughs> I hope you know what it means, Micah. <laughs> oh, Alan doesn't know what A. Hey, it's a secret between me and you guys. Yeah. Right. Say right. it again, Micah. Ubiquitous. Yeah. I'm impressed. Ooh. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Are you going to inform it? us and inform the no. viewers, listeners? The listeners and the viewers, just Google it. Ubiquitous. Okay. I don't know how to spell it. <laughs> <laughs> IT. 
Uh, Alan, we're going to be everywhere today. So um, let's move on to Spurs. Um, both of you missed I that. I see that. Ah, yeah. I got it. He, he didn't get it because he didn't know what it means. <laughs> it was a terrific game. and I love watching Spurs at the moment. Now, I mean, they're gung-ho. Um, they're, I think a couple of us are cheering Spurs in, in, in the room uh, last <laughs> night. And it's 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 kind of um, excruciating, but but incredibly entertaining, isn't it? it? Watching them at present. I hope you've seen the um, the, the, the little uh, tete-a-tete between um, Neil Mope and James Madison, though. I, li- I mean, I like that sort of thing. We, I mean, we had the king obviously of shithousery in the in the studio <laughs> last night in Mr. Ian Wright and he was absolutely loving it he was yeah <laughs> wasn't he what about when I said to him you were full of that he said yeah but not until the late on in the game yeah. bullshit you should have heard him in the tunnel <laughs> it was before the game during the game and after the game was righty yeah but he was annoyingly good so you couldn't really go back at him yeah. but I mean it was it was really funny last night even Madison gave him one of them didn't you know when you help pull someone up where you pull him in he sort yeah. of grabbed his neck as well didn't he pinched him a little bit yeah a little bit of a pinch but Maupay went very very early very yeah. too early didn't he too early and and then obviously um, Tottenham came back and it was all about if you didn't see it last night it was about the darts I'm sure you have but um, the Madison darts celebration that he always does Mopay did it when he scored and then obviously Tottenham came back and um they were all doing darts celebrations, a whole lot of them when they came back, weren't they? Just rubbing it in the face of Morpé. And then I think Madison was interviewed on TNT, wasn't he, with Rashmin Chowdhury after the game. Um, and he, he was saying something along the lines of, well, he's, he's not scored enough goals in the last few years to have his own celebration. So wow. he's So he's got... So he's copied mine. Uh, <laughs> Mope came back with something like, um, well, he's, you know, he's, he's had, I've scored more goals than him and he's had more relegations. And all. it was quite, there was a bit of banter, but. Um, but why did Mope start it? What, what was the reason why he did the celebration? Do we know why? He scored. No, but why was he mocking Madison? You well, know, that's what you have to ask him. I mean, it, it's and to do it in, when you scored that early in the game, you're opening yourself up there, aren't Ridiculous. you? Ridiculous for someone who's who went to Everton and didn't score that many goals. Okay, he scored a couple last couple of games, uh, but it's, it's I, li- I like the confidence. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Richarlison scoring seven goals in his last Impressive. seven Premier, Premier League games. It just shows you talking about Nunez, similar sort of thing. Couldn't couldn't score to to save his life, could he, for a while? Um, but once you get one or two, once the confidence comes in, um, it's like the goal he scored there it, two months ago, whatever it was. That would have probably hit the defender on the line and come out, but this time it hit it and it goes in. You know what it is? Taking responsibility. Kane's gone. Son steps up. Son goes. Richarlison steps up and that's what they're doing now. That is what they're doing. Brilliant. Yeah, it, it really was. Timo Werner's doing a bit. I mean, he's not scoring particularly at the moment, but his pace is useful on that left-hand side for them. Gives them alternatives. Yeah, they, uh, they, lacked, they lacked width in the first half, but he certainly provided that. Him and Johnson, much better in the uh, in the second half when uh, when Johnson came on. And they worked, they combined really well together for Johnson's goal. I think it was a second goal and they were much, much better. So, yeah, he's... Um, I mean, his pace hasn't changed, has it? It's just we'll reserve judgment to see whether he's learnt the offside rule or he can put some more great balls in as he did last night. I don't think he needs that responsibility to score all the goals, you know, Al. Yeah, I know I know that sounds ridiculous, but, you know, in terms of the way they want to play and, and press and then if he can just use his 
pace to, to break that line and then just pass it across where I feel as though at Chelsea there was a mm. lot more responsibility on I mean, him scoring. to score you know yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, I would agree with that I, I took the best song football I mean football fans do come up with great songs and I thought it was a bit cheeky but it was uh, very funny did you hear about this Micah what the Tottenham fans were singing no, go on. Uh, well, obviously they went ahead, um, Brentford, and then Spurs went back into the lead. And when they did, <laughs> the Tottenham fans saying, Ivan, Tony, you should have cashed out. I <laughs> 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 uh, mean, I mean, yeah, bless him. But I mean, it was quite, it was, <laughs> was quite witty. <laughs> he scored again. Um, I thought he played really well, actually, Ivan yeah. Tony. He was a real handful last night. He's, he's got a really good all-round game and he holds yeah. it up. And he's, yeah. he's got a real calmness to, to his, his play and even his finish. I know he missed one just before, but um, it was really good. Um, Spurs into, into fourth place. Manchester City in good form. Like Liverpool, they're getting all their players back and uh, you see De Bruyne of starting Haaland comes on in, in the latter stages Stones. John Stones <laughs> and I mean we expected them to beat Burnley at home I mean I think it's um, over the last 13 games it's 46-2 can you believe that to, to Manchester City incredible, against Burnley and obviously you know you go back to Sean Dyche he couldn't do it against them either you know who was really good for Man City yesterday Mateus Nunes. Yeah, we highlighted him actually. He in the was really, show. really good. Sorry, I, that's probably when I, I fell asleep on match of the day. Yeah, that was probably <laughs> when Alan was doing his bit. Was it? <laughs> right, he did that game. So it was right. He did right, I told you. <laughs> he was brilliant, wasn't he? You know. When uh, he comes in, you think, well, where's he going to play? Where's he going to fit in? What are his strengths? We all know he can pass. He's a, he's a ball-playing midfielder, whether he sits deep or whether he makes late runs. He's good at dribbling. And I just thought, yes, I can see him in this, this system. More of a natural replacement, perhaps, for Gundogan? Yes, I would say so. I think that was a, a, a perfect analogy. But you just there's so much quality within Man City now. It's going to be difficult. But I just you know you know you're always looking for something different to say about Man City. Yes, the big boys are back now. But I just thought it was a really good professional, tactical, and technical performance from Nunes yesterday. Ubiquitous. <laughs> <laughs> You just Googled it, hadn't you? Well, you're fucking right, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to tell us where you got it from? Who told you? Where, where you? Where? Who you mentioned that to you this morning? So I have one of my uh, my, my master comes round all all the time. Uh, tell me his massage wasn't ubiquitous. <laughs> Please tell me it wasn't Micah. I knew you've got it from somewhere. Carry on, go on. Uh, and he just goes to me like, "What? What are you doing this week?" And I, oh, and I, I said, oh, "I must be working. I'm doing my podcast or whatever." And he said, "You're ubiquitous, aren't you?" And I said, "What the fucking hell does that mean?" <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I knew that had to be something. <laughs> um, um, speaking of happy endings, <laughs> who's going to win the league? We'll, we'll come to the night before's games and um, Arsenal. It's, it's, it's looking like we might get another spectacular title race with between Liverpool and Manchester City and whether, whether Arsenal can cling on to that as well. 
or who knows, even the mighty Spurs and Ange Ball. It looks that way, doesn't it? Looks that way, I think. And I think that's the way it will. Right, right to the end, I think, with it, with those two. <laughs> I don't know. Heads or tails in it. But what a way that would be. I think that would be the one that Klopp would want, isn't it, to, to go out on. Next game, Arsenal-Liverpool. Mm. Where is it? At the Emirates? Yeah, at, at the Arsenal, Emirates, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. What's the right words? Ubiquitous. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the end of the season where it counts now. Every result counts, doesn't it? Yeah. It does so. Yeah, we're starting to get to the exciting end mm. of the season. Yeah, the business end is what I was looking for, the business, business end. Business end. Who's going to get that happy ending? <laughs> Let's take a little break. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Anthony Scaramucci, former White House Director of Communications and Wall Street financier. And I'm Katty Kay, U.S. Special Correspondent for BBC Studios. I've been covering American politics for almost three decades. Welcome to The Rest is Politics U.S., brought to you by Goalhanger. Go on, tell us, were those donations you made, like Obama in 2008, was that idealism? Were you hoping to get something out of these campaigns that would serve your own business interests, for example? So I think this will either make this podcast incredibly successful, Caddy, or people <laughs> will be horrified and they'll shut it off right now because I'm going to be very real with you. The Obama donation, I had gone to law school with President Obama. We were not classmates. I was a few years ahead of him. It was 2007. He was then Senator Obama. I had a check in my breast pocket. I went over to the senator. I said, Senator, I said, you and I didn't really know each other in law school, but I'm about to hand you a big check. Can I lie to my friends and tell them that you and I knew each other in law school? <laughs> well, Obama looks at me, had the best smile in American politics since Jack Kennedy. Forever. Yeah. He lights up. He looks at me and says, I'll tell you what, if you double the amount of the check, we'll take it back to Hawaii. Okay. And I looked at him. I said, you're done. I had another check in my pocket. I ripped it up. I doubled the amount of the check. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've been to more White House Christmas parties during the Obama administration than the Trump administration. In this pivotal year for the United States, democracy and world affairs, Britain's biggest podcast, The Rest is Politics, is launching stateside. Uncovering secrets from inside the Biden and Trump inner circles and how they shape the world's most important economy, but also the global economy too. New episodes are released every Friday morning. Just search The Rest is Politics US wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to The Rest is Football with Alan Shearer, Micah Richards and me, Gary Lineker. Let's talk about, um, well, well, we'll talk about the tune, the tune, return to form. Well, mm -hmm. let's say a bit of form in an away game because they've been pretty good at home this season. Um, but that was an important win for them. I presume you, you, you were there in the crowd <laughs> at, at Villa Park, Alan? No, I give, uh, I give that one a miss, Gary, but I did definitely watch it and um, they were brilliant. 
the, I mean, if it was a really tough place to go to, as we know, Villa not beaten at home for a year. Yeah. Talking about tough places to go and stuff and, and, and the away end, you were telling me a story about a, a, a classic football fan, uh, an old guy that you sat behind at, at, at Craven Cottage. And go on, Brilliant. tell us. It was. I mean, it was amazing. You know, you know what? It really got me thinking the feeling that supporters have and the lengths that they go to. There's an older guy I was speaking to. He was right in front of me and he was 77, I think he said he was. And he said he's never missed a home or away game for the last 40 years. And I was like, <laughs> wow, Jesus years. Christ, really? And, he's got, and there's like, he was like saying, thanks very much for the 10 years that you gave us. And I'm thinking, no, mate, I should be thanking you. I mean, it's just incredible at the lengths that they go to, some supporters and the feeling that they have for their football club and he was really knowledgeable and what have you so yeah I just think it was it, I think it's bloody amazing he told you about his journeys what he was doing the journeys he said he was leaving tonight driving back up to uh, Newcastle after the game on Saturday and then he was leaving at midday to get down to Villa Park on Tuesday and I just thought fucking hell this is like <laughs> this is amazing I mean do you know some of the lengths that fans go to to support their club I just thought it was uh, it was brilliant he would have enjoyed this game against Villa he would have loved the, the performance at, uh, at Villa Park I just thought for, for the uh, from the off they were better than Aston Villa they looked as if they had more energy Newcastle they were at it again they pressed uh, scored some really good goals Fabian Share, 3 million quid back in 2018 was brilliant what a bargain he's proved to be 3 million quid after what he's given Newcastle since what was it summer of 2018 so um, yeah good performance and um, shame about Isak getting injured because he's going to be out for uh, for t I don't know two or three weeks they say so they're struggling with a centre forward with Wilson being out as well but um, yeah hopefully they're back Newcastle yeah he would share would have been the first defender ever to score a hat-trick he had half a chance they didn't did, he did yeah yeah no, he did. He did uh, two from the uh, from the set pieces. The second one was really impressive. The way he was first to react from Gordon when it hit the bar, but um, yeah, he was. It was a really good performance from him and from everyone in, in the black and white shirt. Good to see. Not even Micah um, when he burst onto the scene managed to pop in a hat trick. Well, I did at reserve level. We've we've talked about that on a, on a previous <laughs> <Reserve> pod. <level. laughs> Is it on YouTube anywhere? Yeah. No, just a match report. We've got the oh, match report. We believe you. Um, you picked out Anthony Gordon. Yeah. Alan, he's, he's, he's done really well, hasn't he, at Newcastle? Been, Been a good brilliant. signing as well. His energy, his ability, his pace, assists. I just, yeah, he's he's been really impressive. And you know, when one or two others haven't in that England team or England squad, I should say, um, I would really hope that Gareth's taken notice of him because he's had a fantastic season. You'll have to have a chat. I mean, there are a lot of players in those particular positions. Um, yeah. England have got great strength uh, there, haven't they? Let's move on to, to the Forest-Arsenal game. We all watched that one, I presume. I thought Arsenal were pretty much in control of that. I know everyone was, they were all getting a bit panicky, even though it was only half time, but they were so dominant in that game. They didn't carve out too many clear-cut chances, but you sort of know that you're going to wear a team down under those circumstances. It looked like, you know, Saka looked more like back to his best, I thought. I, I always think he's pretty consistent anyway, but um, he's, he's such a such a lovely footballer. Yeah, he is brilliant. Um, like you said, I think they was in control. There was that panic at the end. But it was really nice to see Smith row back as mm. well within the, the starting eleven because before he got his injuries, he was a, a key part of what they was trying to do. Obviously, a lot of people might have wanted to see him a little bit further forward, but in that midfield role, I thought he had a 
quite convincing game. Obviously, still got things to work on and to to know the new system. But I think that was a, a great positive as well. Saliba thought played well. Gabriel thought played well. I just think they're missing that clinical edge still in front of goal. So Jesus scored a, an amazing finish, but he had a couple of opportunities before that. And that could be the difference between potentially challenging and then their season just petering out. It does give you something else though, doesn't it, Jesus? I mean, he's still, he will score goals, but he's, he's, I don't think he's ever going to be truly prolific and his, his record suggests that. You know, in other aspects of the game, and you know, he's quite creative and he's he's got an unbelievable energy, hasn't he? And he helps that high press, particularly, I think he's excellent at that. Um, he's got that remarkable record, hasn't he, now? That whenever he's scored, whether it's been for Manchester City or Arsenal, they've they've not lost a game. I think it's about sixty <laughs> times now, which is which yeah. is quite extraordinary. I think Ian Rush had something like that at Liverpool for years and years and years. That, that whenever he scored, they didn't lose a, a, a football match. Um, I don't think he's quite as uh, um, prolific as uh, Mr. Rush, but. Um, it does give you something, but no, they, he's a good player. I, I agree with you that they do need they need someone don't they, that's going to give them 20, 25 goals a season. That's what's missing. Well, we've said it many times. I, I think when, when we talk about Jesus, it's, it's not a, a disrespectful thing. It's just a, a, a numbers in terms of the chances created and how much he's converting. Uh, there's times where, like you said, it does all the hard work, all the link-up play, good technically, but just if he had someone alongside him just to finish off them chances. Yeah, he, they just need that additional striker, I think. I mean, they're right up there still, Arsenal. You know, they're, they're in it. There's no question about that. And they've been through that little sticky spell that most teams have. City have had one, haven't they? Um, Liverpool haven't really yet. Um, whether they will or not uh, remains to be seen. But um, I mean, it's a long time since we had a like three-pronged um, title race and you know I'm, I'm not necessarily ruling out Spurs or Villa but I think realistically I think those three will could go hammer and tongs to the end of the season not that it's the, it's on one result but I think after the weekend we'll know a lot more whether Arsenal are, are going to be in the uh, in the title race because I think if Liverpool do them at the weekend then that's a big game massive game for them yeah on the other hand if they beat Liverpool yeah mm. they're, they'll, they're right in it couple of the best performances I think that we that we've seen in this midweek came from um, two young Crystal Palace stars uh, Eza and Elise I mean fabulously talented I had lunch actually um, last week with with Steve Parrish the um, chairman at Crystal Palace and he he was extolling the virtues of Michael Elise and saying that he thinks he's he's going to be a very very special talent and um, I wouldn't disagree with him and and Eze <laughs> these goals the weird thing is they've hardly played together I know they got a bit of stick from the Palace fans um, you know the club possibly about the future and whether it was Roy Hodgson or not but it's been difficult for them because I think they've only played together a, a few times this season. Started four times and been on the pitch together seven, I think. So I think that's obviously going to be key, isn't it? I think if they can get those two out there and doing what they did the other night, then they'll be more than all right, Crystal Palace. But that's been the difficult thing for them, hasn't it? But I mean, both are amazing talents. As has been in the England squad already. Michael Elise has played for the French under-21s. Um, his younger brother, I believe, has played for England at youth level. So it's... It, it's one of those that I think until you play in the the first, first French first team, which it won't be easy. It'd be interesting to see whether Gareth tries to 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 pinch him 
um, from the French because he's, he's, got, he's got some talent, you know. He's gonna be he's gonna be world class. It's just one of them young players who need to be guided in the right way. If he was ever to leave, or when he leaves Palace, no disrespect to Palace fans, they probably want that money at some stage to sort of rebuild anyway. But when he leaves there, if he picks the right team where he's allowed to express himself, he's he's going to be a superstar. He, he, he's that good. I remember watching him up at, at the Etihad a couple of seasons ago and he was just, it's not, he's just, he's dribbling. It's his decision-making, when to lay off the ball and his first touch is sublime. He's, yeah, he's going to the, to the very top he is. Um, he's, he's of um, Nigerian descent. Actually, interesting on the games on on Tuesday night, the, the, there were six players um, that did particularly well. All of Nigerian descent. Ezi got two goals, at least say a goal and two assists. And Bakayo Saka scored. Um, Awanyi got a goal, and uh, Ogbené got a goal as well. Elijah Adebayo, of course, with that hat trick um, for Luton, which is where I want to go next because I think they're making a real fist of things, aren't they? Well, Adebayo, what a story. I mean, to get his first ever Premier League hat-trick after where he's been, where he's played. What a feeling for uh, for him. Fantastic, eh? <laughs> I'll just tell you now that Mike is holding his phone up and he's got Adebayo and Elise. <laughs> and I, I presume that's in your fantasy football team, is it, Micah? Hey, Am I right? What, what do I know, eh? What do yeah. I know? I'm thrilled for you, Micah, honestly. <laughs> It's, you know, that's probably the pinnacle of your footballing career, is it? Yeah. yeah. It's funny, we talked about players of Nigerian descent and um, Adebayo scored the, the hat-trick is that as well. And don't forget that Nigeria is still in the Africa Cup of Nations. Um, they're in the last eight. Uh, and of all the heavyweights in it, they're, they're probably favourites to win it. And I just want to make the point, the fascinating stat, I think, is that with the African Cup of Nations, we have eight quarter-finalists that are completely different to the eight quarter-finalists from two years ago. I mean, that can't have happened in any one wow. of these major competitions around the world ever, can amazing. it? Amazing. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Just, just, there's plenty of depth and it just shows how nuts the, the competition has been over there. It's been so entertaining uh, to watch. A line on you on, on Adebayo, Alan, um, scoring that hat-trick. Um, magical moment for him and the club. I bet you never slept that night with excitement. And I mean, the the, <laughs> the tough thing is, is now they, they come up to Newcastle now, so he'll be full of confidence. They come up, they play Newcastle on uh, on Saturday. So, yeah, what a feeling for him. Brilliant for uh, for Luton and for Rob Edwards, the job he's uh, the job he's doing. And and then they'll have real belief now that they can uh, that they can uh, stay in the uh, in the Premier League. And he said it himself, didn't he? That at least these players are now believing that they perhaps belong at this level and compete at this level. So that result of the night will do wonders for them. I'll tell you who's been good. Um, really good signing for him. He's a player that we've always seen that's mm. had bags of potential, um, but he's been terrifically consistent this season for Luton. That's Ross Barkley. He's been around, you know, he's been around a bit, different clubs, different places. It's not quite happened with him, but you've always seen that ability, but he seems to be realising it at Luton, Micah. Yeah, I think the good thing about Ross Barkley is he's matured. Um and we've seen him in offensive positions, sometimes on the left, sometimes on the right, sometimes as number 10. But in Luton's side, he plays a little bit 
deeper and sort of dictates the the tempo of the game. He still takes risks because all good players do, but he seems like he's really got somewhere where he's he's settled and he's took the responsibility of being one of the senior pros. And it's just great to watch. He seems to be involved in absolutely everything good that they do. And long may it continue because he's had a couple of rough years where he's sort of, people said he's not as good as everyone thought he was. So he's showing us everyone exactly what he can do now. Do you think Luton can can stay up now, Alan? I mean, they've, they've, they've had a really good patch, haven't they? I mean, obviously you've got um, Everton situation with the points deduction and a, another possible points deduction. Uh, Nottingham Forest are, are a little bit in the mire as well in terms of possible punishments. Um, they've certainly given themselves a chance. And if, it's funny, at the start of the season of the three that got promoted, mm-hmm. um, I think you'd have been surprised to see that Luton quite comfortably clear of both Burnley and Sheffield United. Shows the job that Rob's doing, doesn't it? There, he's um, mm. he's always had the belief, but that's one thing, and then it's another thing getting his players to go out and believe what he's believing. So, and he's getting them to do it. So you've you've got to admire them from giving themselves a brilliant opportunity of actually staying in the Premier League. And 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 also the the way um, Rob Edwards and, and the club um, handled the whole Tom Lockyer situation, mm. they've almost used it to kind of galvanise him. It was great to see him on the pitch on Tuesday night, um, applauding the fans before the game, and no doubt they were applauding him as well. Yeah. Lovely moment, Micah. Brilliant scenes, yeah. Obviously, do you remember the uh, the, the playoff final as well, where he, he went down and then to have it again this season, horrible scenes to see, but to see him back up and well, and obviously, he was very emotional at the game from the, the, the pictures I saw. Um, it's just glad that he's doing okay. And long, long may it continue. Absolutely. Uh, a lovely way to, to finish this particular episode. Once again, thanks for all your lovely comments that keep coming in. Um, really means a lot. Um, we, we, we do appreciate it. And we're, we're just happy you seem to be enjoying it. Uh, we certainly are. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from Big Meeks. Goodbye from me. Have a good weekend. <laughs>